You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another special edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. For all of you listening, you suck. You suck. You suck. Talking about Kurt Angle, and I'm joined from the Making Kayfabe Podcast. I'm here, joined by my good friend Bryce. How's it going, man? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. I I had a... a, uh, The Northeast here in the States has had a bad snowstorm, and we're about to get another one. and And I hate the snow. I really do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, snow, snow is a very regular occurrence here in Scotland, so yeah, we're very used to it. <laughs> well, hopefully I you guys are another one. <laughs> it just makes me want to leave the Northeast and just go down south. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about Kurt Angle. Um, last I remember when uh, you were on uh, with you and Dylan, um, if you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that fun little chat we had back in December. Um, you, I remember you saying that Kurt Angle was your favorite wrestler. Yes, he is indeed. I, I, I have always loved Kurt Angle since, basically since I became a wrestling fan, I was a Kurt Angle fan. Kurt Angle was one of my favorite, all, all-time favorite wrestlers too, growing up in the, during the Ruthless Aggression era of, uh, of, of WWE. Like he was, he always seemed to be at the top of the mix, whether he be, you know, going for the title or he was the champion or he was always in some level top level program and he always gravitated towards me whether he was a heel or babyface I was full in cheering for him or full on booing him I love to hate Kurt Angle I just mm-hmm. loved Kurt Angle I mean we're going to be going through his career some of our favorite moments of his some of our favorite matches of his and uh, we'll do our best with the stuff we're not so familiar on like his amateur wrestling career that's what brought him to the dance as we know Kurt Angle is the only Olympic uh, gold medalist in WWE uh, history and did you know he broke? Uh, he won it with a broken freaking neck. No way. Did he? No. I, I, I could have sworn he told us that at some check, point. You need to check your sources, not mine. I don't believe that. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think I, I think it was... Um, I think Viscera told me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was either Viscera or, or, or it was Dylan. Yeah, it's, they're basically the same person, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, I've never actually, I don't know what Dylan actually looks like, so I, you could be right. Just huge, huge, seven foot tall black guy. That's Dylan, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot of them in Northern Ireland. From, from the, yeah, from Northern <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> anyway. So, yes, Kurt Angle, as he uh, famously said, he won a Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. And going through here, I've got his Wikipedia page up on me, the best source of information. Uh, 1996 won a gold medal in the Atlanta uh, World Championship, 1995 uh, Atlanta gold medal, Oklahoma City gold medal, uh, 1991 Iowa City silver, and 1990 Maryland, um, where it says in the bottom from 1992 he weighed 275 and... uh, 100 kg, and I'm I'm blanking on that. I'm not good with measurements and math, uh, <laughs> um, but it is an impressive thing that 
you look at a guy like Kurt Angle, who's an athletic specimen, where Vince McMahon sees him, or somebody from the WWF sees him and says, let's try and get him in our company. So I don't know if you ever heard uh, that he did he did the podcast with Jericho a few years back when he was returning to the to the company, and originally uh, I believe Angle turned Vince down, and he yeah it, I, I seem I seem to remember hearing about that, um, and then he ended up somehow in ECW for a little bit. I have yeah right here October twenty sixth nineteen ninety six Angle was convinced by fellow Pittsburgh native Shane Douglas to attend Extreme Championship <laughs> Wrestling or ECW. Uh, event high incident. He gave an in-ring interview and provided guest commentary during a match between Taz and Little Guido. Excuse me, but left the building after Raven crucified a bleeding Sandman after attacking him with a cross using a barbed wire. Angle shocked by the controversial imagery and afraid <laughs> that his career prospects were going to be damaged if he associated with the incident threatened to sue ECW owner Paul Heyman if he was shown on television in the same broadcast as the stunt. And then a couple years later, he went to WWF, or now known as WWE. Um, one of the things he told Vince, actually, was, uh, well, here's the thing, Mr. McMahon, I, I, I don't lose. He straight up told Vince, I don't lose. Which, he's, he's the mind of an of, of a amateur wrestler, so it's competitive yeah. in that sense where you, you want to win and you want to be the best. But that's not necessarily the case with pro wrestling, as we all know. No. Unless you're Hulk Hogan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, unless you're Hulk Hogan or Kevin Nash, yeah. Scott Scott Hall, yeah, etc. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much WCW. Um, <laughs> so when Angle first debuted in the company, um, he was uh, he was trying to be perceived as a babyface, if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. Vince said that we're gonna push push them. Then this is in the interview from the Talk is Jericho interview. That Vince told Kurt that he that they're gonna push the fans down their throats as if he's a babyface, but really he's gonna be a heel. And Kurt's like, I'm an, I'm I'm a, I'm a national hero. I, I can't be booed. But lo and behold, that's what happened. He had a match with St- uh, Sean Stasiak, I think it was, and he uh, I think it was Mike Kyoto who was the, uh, Chioda was referee. He says, "Listen, Angle, Vince wants you to roll out of the ring, cut a promo, and tell these people you don't boo an Olympic gold medalist." He's like. What did you just say? He's like, all right, I'm going to tell you again. Now listen to me. <laughs> and he rolls out of the ring and tells them, you don't boo an Olympic gold medalist. And it was the kind of the anti thing of we're, it, the only thing I can think of is like Roman Reigns. Only they actually wanted to push Roman Reigns as the baby face at the time. Yeah. It was the I anti he, thing. Yeah. Angle was just, he was just so naturally detestable back then, I think. Just he's... His whole "I'm Olympic gold medalist, I'm better than you" kind of thing, and like I think the fact that he acted like a babyface just made people want to hate him even more. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know, it's sort of like he was sort of like John Cena before John Cena was John Cena. You know, <laughs> yeah, acting like a babyface and people hating you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was the precursor. You could say he was the precursor to all that, and he was again. It's not very endearing to see a guy and gloat about how great he is and still think he's for the people. You know, that doesn't work well with wrestling fans. Wrestling fans don't like to be talked down to. They like to, that's why they love guys like Steve Austin, who seem like an everyman, you know? Yeah. Going through you, can't, you can't relate to an Olympic gold medalist. No, you, you can't. You can't le- <laughs> relate to a guy who's a super athlete. Yeah. And it just everything just comes so naturally to him. That's not relatable. And it, that's why he works so well as a heel. 
Um, let's see a few other things that happened here. Saying, yeah, beat Sean Stasiak. Um, Angle won both the European and Intercontinental Championships in 2000 of February, billing himself as the Eurocontinental Champion. He dropped both titles without conceding in a fall and two falls <laughs> in a triple threat match with Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 2000. Um, so going and then in 2000, 2001, WF Champion through the mid 2000s after aligning himself with Edge and Christian Team Eck. Feuded mm-hmm. with Too Cool and Rikishi, with Angle uh, defeating Rikishi in the finals of the 2000 King of the Ring tournament. He went into the feud with Triple H, and after a love triangle between them and Triple H, wife Stephanie developed. As a change, the intended storyline, Stephanie turning on her husband and going with Angle, he lost to Triple H at Unforgiven. Yeah, I remember that whole weird storyline. The love triangle between Angle, Triple H, and Stephanie. Yeah, that that was like slightly before I started watching wrestling, but I've I've went back and watched it. It's um yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I think the whole thing about how Stephanie and Triple H got together in the first place, um, you know, really makes me on Stephanie's side there. You know, maybe she should go with somebody who treats her a little bit better than you know drugging her up and uh, you know marrying her against her own will. And then the te- then then that heel turn, which I've seen on many lists. I think it probably like an old Adam Blompier list from what culture hmm. that the heel turn made no sense. Why would Stephanie yeah. align with the person that drugged her up and married her? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Then after it says before the match started, however, he bumped into a returning Stone Cold Steve Austin who was looking for the for the perpetrator who ran him over as previous the previous year Survivor Series. Rikishi, he did it for the Rock. Angle <laughs> offered him his friendship and one of his gold medals, but Austin was not pleased by by him by telling him you're a dumb motherfucker. No, that's not what he said. He would keep in, in nice in a nice safe place, to which Austin referred to right up his ass before attacking Angle and throwing <laughs> his medal to the floor. Following his feud with Triple H, Angle received another push and began pursuing WF Championship, defeating The Rock at no mercy after a botched interference on The Rock's behalf from Rikishi. With his victory over The Rock, Angle, uh, Angle became the first wrestler to have won both an Olympic gold medal and the World Championship. So, And this led to, the, I believe, the Armageddon Hell in a Cell match. This, that ties in all the stuff with you know Rikishi coming in and then Rikishi saying he did it for The Rock, but then... Rikishi was hired by Triple H, so really it was Triple H, and everyone knew it was going to be Triple H. <laughs> and it was around this time, too, we saw some really great character uh, from Angle, you know? Like, skipping over a little while later, you know, when Austin turned heel, you know, you saw the stuff like Vince and Tr- and Stone Cold or Buddy Buddy, and then they gave each other cowboy hats, and then you see uh, Kurt Angle with the little tiny cowboy hat. I feel like Jimmy a real Crack cowboy. Corn. Yeah. yeah. Yippee Kaye. And then he then Jimmy Crack Corn with the guitar. And that led to that's the that's classic comedy. It really is. <laughs> he was and I think it's safe to say he was the funniest wrestler ever. Yeah, man. Like it's 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 one of the reasons that I love Kurt Angle so much. It's that it has two sides to him. It has the uh, the kind of like, the badass side where he's a legitimate amateur wrestler and like no matter what he's gonna fuck you up in the ring. And he also has just that that absolute geeky side, like which you saw like in the start of his career when he's saying, you know, you've got to respect your Olympic gold medalist, and then you see it with a cowboy hat and you see it with his bloody rap battle with John Cena and everything else. You know, he just has that awesome, hilarious geeky side. And it's like it's like it's kind of um 
uh, oh shit, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? But it's, he doesn't know that he's a geek kind of thing. He's just uh, yeah, he's just being himself. But the fans are obviously looking at him like, who the fuck's this guy? You know, um, that's what I love about Carangle. He just has he can flip that switch to comedy and seriously like, so quickly. It's great. And that's something that he really adapted to well, especially in the Attitude Era, because you really needed to have a really great character in the Attitude Era. If you didn't, you're dead in the water. Um, yeah. He he was able to, at least from what I remember, because the Attitude Era around that time, I was kind of getting into wrestling. Uh, when I first started watching, it was really the Ruthless Aggression Era, and that's like where I know my history with Angle. With that, um, he had both of that, being a great character and just being a great wrestler, too. We saw the comedy of him, you know, we saw, like, like one of my favorite things he ever did, like, fun, uh, segment-wise, was the the Milkomania. Oh, God, yeah. That right. <laughs> was the fun... I, I, I was watching that earlier today, and I was pissing my pants. I love that so much. And you hear... And just JR selling in the comedy, Milkomania has gone wild! <laughs> just... So, oh. Stephanie, man, that the million dollar baby has become the the Dairy Queen or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, million dollar yeah. princess has become the Dairy Queen. That's what it was. Like, yes, oh, bloody brilliant exactly. commentary. But Angle was so good in that segment. Just, it's just a, it's it's such a, you know, it's one of those things you, you cannot describe to re- non wrestling fans because like, it's it's funny yeah. because Steve Austin did it before, but Kurt Angle likes milk. You know, it's it's, it's so hard to explain why that's funny, but it's just the, the you don't get it for a wrestling fan. Yeah, you, you don't get it really unless get it. Yeah. unless you watch wrestling, if you like wrestling, or if you understand it to a certain degree. That's the only way you're gonna get it. Yeah, he was just had such great comedic timing, and then even like the you know the the set. One of my favorites is when he was going down for a main event tag match on Raw. This is skipping over like a, however many years later, and he was so pissed off that the fans kept chanting "You suck." Oh yes, he's like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna go back up this ramp, and we're gonna do it over and over and over until you get it right, and you stop chanting, "You suck!" And the cow- it just kept getting them the crowd louder and he does louder. Like three or four times, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he storms <laughs> off. <laughs> it's just like, and then the last time he does it, he says, "I'm I'm gonna quit or something," and then he goes backstage, and I forget who is he was facing, but whoever that is just kicks his ass in the entrance ramp, and then the match starts. Who was it? Yeah. Who was it again? Do you remember? I I really don't remember. Um. Because I was watching the video the other day, and it only showed up to the point where he left. I want to say it was right. Sean. Mi- I want to say it was like Shawn Michaels or John Cena, something like that. I'm not it was exactly that sure. Two thousand five ish, wasn't it? Yeah, so around that time, yeah. Yeah, I want to say so. We've kind of talked about the the character side of Angle, but there is a really great. The other great thing about Angle, as we know, is he was. a fucking amazing wrestler and you could argue was the best wrestler in the world when he was on top yeah you look at some of the amazing series of matches he's had over the years um first person that comes to mind uh for me is brock lesnar him and him and brock had this amazing kind of chemistry that i i'm not really sure if he had with anybody else yeah maybe um yeah, it, it definitely like came through with Brock. Maybe maybe Benoit. Um, oh yeah, Benoit to too. With, but but yeah, I was actually um, I was watching the um, just to prepare for this episode today. I was watching um, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar SummerSlam three, I think it was, which is like one of my favorite matches. And just mm. yeah, you can tell the chemistry is there. It's like it's a perfect combination because it's two amateur wrestlers and two wrestlers who are awesome at selling and you know awesome at pro wrestling as well. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely had that chemistry with that guy for sure. 
one of my favorite. Well, I was actually watching. It was today. It was last night. Doesn't matter when. But I was watching their WrestleMania 19 match, and that's such a oh, yeah. great main event uh, WrestleMania match. Uh, great WrestleMania in general too. Um, even yeah. with the shooting star press botch, it's still <laughs> it's still a great match because the botch is iconic. Um, yeah, that, it would have been one of the best matches of all time without that botch. I think uh, it's very very unfortunate, but um, you know Brock was lucky to get out of that alive. To be honest, and I mean it's not, I mean it's not like the the Sid broken leg uh, botch. Ooh. It's not like that. Yeah. Where it's like you no. can't even you can't watch that match at all. I mean, this one is just like oh here I kind of got excited for the botch. I'm like oh I know it's coming. Angle's going, uh, yeah. Lesnar's going up on the top rope. A, fun, a story that uh, Angle actually has shared uh, again from the Jericho podcast that he wasn't cleared by the WWE to mm. uh, wrestle that match. I think he had to get permission from his own doctors. WWE doctors didn't even clear him, and he had wow. uh, as we know, Angle's had a lot of issues with his neck. Uh, and this is one of those times where I, I think he took off for a little while after this, did he not? Yeah, he did for a little bit, and then he came back towards to have that SummerSlam match with Lesnar. But that that that's actually shocking to me what you just said because, like you said, WWE's own doctors said he couldn't wrestle, and you know WWE let him wrestle anyway. Like, that, that just shows how reckless they were back then compared to now. Yeah, I mean things were a lot different back then. Things didn't start changing until like maybe like a few years later after the whole Guerrero after Guerrero and Benoit's death. Um, yeah. But this is around the time where a- Angle's just having an amazing series of matches with so many different opponents. We've mentioned Brock Lesnar, and then there's the, the Iron Man match where they had a main event of SmackDown one night uh, for the WWE Championship. And then, um, which is probably the greatest opening match. Kind of, I'm not going to show the timeline here, but this is probably the, the greatest opening match in WWE's history was Angle versus Mysterio in Mysterio's debut oh, match for the company. Slam. Yes, SummerSlam 2003, 2002? I think 2002. Yeah, 2002, that would be, yeah. What, was it his debut match? I'm not, I mean, I don't know if it's his debut match, but maybe his debut pay-per-view match for sure. I think maybe his debut pay-per-view, because I think his first actual match was against, like, Chavo Guerrero or somebody like that. It's back in my mind, but okay. um, but no, that was, an, that was an incredible match, so it really was. Again, that's one of my favorites of all time, um, just Kurt Angle versus Ray. Um, I get probably another guy I actually worked together really well with, to be honest, and we're, we're probably going to see this a lot for Angle. Like, oh, he, he worked really well with, um, you know, XYZ, because he just did, and he was great against everybody, you know? He's just one of those guys where wrestling, like pro wrestling, just came naturally to him. You know, guys like him and Lesnar, just you know, athletic specimens where they can just kind of pick things up, just you know, just like that. Yeah. Um, looking back and uh, at least in, the t- in hindsight, you know, a lot of people say like you know, Rey Mysterio probably should have won that match because it was his first pay per view match. But honestly, the match was so great that it didn't harm Mysterio at all because Mysterio went on went on to have an amazing career. Well. A great career. I don't want to say amazing, but a great career in, <laughs> in WWE. He, he's had his fair share of hiccups, um, yeah. not, not to any fault of his own. You know, Angle, uh, some, of my fa- one, some of my favorite matches, uh, he, he really shined in WrestleMania too, though. You know, because this is, I remember him in that same interview with Jericho, he, he went up to Shawn Michaels. Like, Shawn just kind of returned to the company. And prior... Uh, prior to this, Angle didn't know any pro wrestling history. He he didn't watch pro wrestling, so he didn't watch uh, uh you know the old WrestleManias and WWF with guys like Hogan and Savage and Ultimate Warrior. He he wasn't about that, so he didn't know who Shawn Michaels was. 
uh, excuse me, Michaels had this great match, whatever pay-per-view it was, and Kurt Angle goes up to Shawn Michaels and says, hey, man, you're pretty good. <laughs> and, and Shawn Michaels looks insulted, like, do you even know who I am? He's like, no, I don't know who you are, and I don't care who you are, but you're pretty damn good. <laughs> and Angle learns, you know, obviously who Michaels is, and then, like, like however many months later, uh, Angle got uh, got back at a uh, Michaels got back at Angle because Michael uh, Angle has a great match out there, and Michael goes, "Hey, Angle, you're pretty good," and that kind <laughs> and that kind of led to their feud in like 2005, I think WrestleMania 21. Yeah. That's an insane match. Uh, so again, that's one of the greatest matches of all time. Again, um, just just except two two exceptional wrestlers going against each other. It was always going to be good, but they kind of. Um, Defied expectations at the same time, just with everything they did in that match. I think that with that match, you know, I don't think Michaels and Ankle had ever touched before. I don't think they had any kind of match prior to that WrestleMania 21 match. And it's back mm-hmm. when SmackDown versus Raw felt special because Michaels was on Raw, Angle was on SmackDown. And yeah. it was. It, it, they just had amazing. Again, Angle just has amazing chemistry with everybody. He doesn't have a bad match. And I yeah. think what was shocking is that a lot of people probably figured that Michaels was going to go over. He he didn't. Like Angle won yeah. decisively, holding him in that that uh, that ankle lock for like I don't know however many minutes that was. Yeah, forever. Like, yeah, yeah. It felt like five ten minutes. And Michaels selling in that match is just amazing. He's incredible. He's a, yeah. he was nobody sold better as a babyface than Shawn Michaels. Nobody. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's just a, it's an all-time classic. And um, you're talking WrestleMania matches as well with Kurt, and we, we skipped over one near the Eddie Guerrero match the year before, oh, yeah, um, which had probably you know one of my favorite finishes of all time. Mine um, too. With the um, with the the boot, uh, you know, Eddie Guerrero, he's selling the ankle injury. He's kind of like unlacing his boot to kind of let the ankle, I don't know, breathe or you know to let the the, the kind of um, uh, take the pressure off, and then well, what is that? Angle gets him in the ankle lock, and then Guerrero rolls him up because the, the boot's loose, and then to the pinfall just like that. It is like the best finish. Uh, I just love that so much. Yeah, that match at like I remember at the time, like I couldn't really watch pay per views a whole lot. So like when YouTube was starting to come up, I would watch back a lot of matches on YouTube. I remember my my best friend goes to me. He's like, go go home, watch Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle from WrestleMania twenty. Even if you don't watch the whole match, you gotta watch the end of it. He's like, it's amazing, <laughs> and I see it. And I'm like, it, it's one of my favorite finishes to a match ever. Like, I was actually rewatching that one today, and um, Eddie, like when he see when Angle comes up and he's got this fire in his eyes, and you see Eddie, and Eddie goes, oh shit, <laughs> like selling, yeah. like oh no, I'm in trouble. And it's just that was just a great thing about Eddie Guerrero. Me and my my best friend actually to this day, my buddy Ed, he we did an Eddie Guerrero podcast like towards the end of um, uh, summer twenty nineteen, I think it was, whenever it was. Uh, but yeah. those again, those two had great chemistry. Um, and you ever heard about the story about how uh, Eddie and uh, Kurt got into a shoot brawl backstage? No, I didn't actually. No, this is this. He he told this story on Jericho's podcast again when he returned. He was saying there was an angle, uh, main event segment. Uh, I think it probably was the lead, the build up to Eddie versus Kurt at WrestleMania 20, and you know he had a team angle out there, and they and they were fighting, and um, something like maybe like angle potatoed uh, Guerrero or something, probably hit him too hard, and then you know oh, yeah. 
Kurt was supposed to get a lot of heat at the end of the segment. That's how they're supposed to go home off the of TV. And then afterwards, Angle goes backstage. He sees Eddie. He he thanks him. He's like, hey, Eddie, thank you so much. That was really great out there. Got a lot of heat, whatever. He's like, and and Eddie's like pissed off at him. He doesn't want to talk to him. He's like, he's like, he's like, you hit me out there on purpose. He's like, what? No, I didn't. <laughs> Either like it was Angle who hit him too hard or some, or maybe Charlie Haas or Benjamin or somebody. Yeah. Just, or, or maybe it was like a fan when he hit the barricade and they hit him. He's like, and, but Eddie thought it was Kurt. He's like, you hit me out there. He's like, no, I didn't, Eddie. He's like, yes, you did. And then Kurt's like, all right, so I shoved him. And he didn't do anything. So I shoved him again. And then Eddie shoves him back. And then they start brawling. And then the fun, the best part is, is that Guerrero tries to double leg angle. And he goes, <laughs> oh, no. In unison, Jericho and uh, Kurt Angle are just like, you don't try to double leg an Olympic gold medalist. And then. Of angle, all of the people. Yeah. Yeah. Angle got him in, angle got him in show cold. And then Big Show had to break up the fight. And then Big Show carried. Angle by his singlet, by one he's like I felt like little man syndrome, and he's like don't you ever do that to me again, and then they cut, cooler heads prevailed. Angle's like he's 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 calmed down. He's just like he goes to Eddie. He's like, all right, Eddie, look, I'm 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 sorry, man. All right, it, it, it's it, and then Eddie's like I'm not ready. He's like, what do you mean you're not ready? He's like I'm not ready to be sorry, and then they started fighting again. Like, <laughs> I was. I was thinking about Eddie Guerrero. Like he, there's there's countless times where he's had uh, arguments or stuff like that, and then he just, and then he, you know, he's all apologetic and everything. But I remember listening. That, that sounds like the the perfect wrestling angle as well. Even though it's real life, it sounds like it is made for wrestling. Just everything that happens. Yeah, I mean, how many stories have we heard over the years? Like where backstage things become a wrestling storyline. You know, Edge and Lita, yeah. and Matt Hardy's one of them. And I'm I'm pretty yeah. sh- and whether the things were true about what Cena said about the Rock on the radio however many years ago, which led to the WrestleMania yeah. match, that could have been a work too. It could have been, but who knows? But yeah, that's just even a, a even great Jarrett story. and Angle. I think that became a storyline in TNA, right? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. <laughs> I, TNA- I think uh, yeah, because Jarrett, I don't know the whole story behind it, but Karen, oh wait, Karen, yeah, Angle. because yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he got with with Jarrett's wife. I forgot about that. And then I think I think they feuded about it on TV. So again, that's just a, a get another thing. But even there's so, so many ones because obviously um, Mick Foley and Ric Flair. You know, Ric Flair writing that thing in his book about Foley, and then they had a mm-hmm. match. You know, and it's just yeah, like uh, a lot of things in wrestling are are born from reality for sure. I mean, it's the best way to do it. There is yeah. one particular match that we kind of skipped over in this whole ruthless aggression time that I want to turn back just a little bit. It's the first match I wanted to watch because. I believe this is Kurt Angle's opponent's best match he ever had. That's King of the Ring, 2001, I think, against Shane McMahon. Yes, fucking brilliant. Incre- I, incredible match. Um, yeah, what a performance from Kurt. I just, I mean, to, I remember watching that match however many years ago when I was young, uh, long after it appeared, like on YouTube, I saw it. Just He made Shane McMahon look like an absolute... Like you may, he may, I'm, I'm, cause like the first person I, I think of, like he, he makes Shane McMahon look like, like, like a Kenny Omega or a Shawn Michaels. <laughs> like he made Shane look incredible. Yeah. It, again, it goes to the, the, the chemistry that he can, or how good he can make his opponent look. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's 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 incredible. I think that is that as well. I'm, I'm I might be wrong in saying this, but I think Kurt had already had like two matches that night as well. He did. Because it's the commentary. Ring, like, yeah, there you go. So it's uh, I think he'd already. My memory's hazy, but I think he might have already won King of the Ring by that point. But yeah, just uh, absolutely, absolutely incredible match. Like just uh, yeah, like you say, it made Shane look like a badass, and Shane isn't. Um, you know, no, no one else tries <laughs> to do that with Shane. You know, the, the matches he's had with bloody um, Kane, like you just cannot imagine Shane being a badass against a huge seven foot monster like Kane. No, you know? and and fucking Randy Orton selling for Shane like just doesn't look good at all. You know, yeah. But for, some, for somehow Kurt made it work, and uh, again that's yeah. just a testament to how he can take a non wrestler who is essentially a non wrestler and uh, and bring out a great match like that. And like, it's credit to Shane as well because he he took a lot of punishment in that match. Obviously the the glass fucking or what it is the glass kind of um, panels uh, and renting track yeah. and then the angle slam from the top rope and like uh, so fair play to Shane as well but you know Kurt that, that match wouldn't have been the same without Kurt definitely no not. Shane like I think um, I think I remember who was saying I don't know if it was Shane who talked about it or Angle who talked about it but saying that the glass there like I don't know apparently it was supposed to be like sugarcane glass you know you get yeah. the stuff they use in Hollywood you just throw them right in there I don't know. Somebody, I think, in the T- in the TMWB fucked up, and there's real glass because, you know, Angle had to like throw him so hard, and that was a spot they wanted to do. And I mean, yeah. the first one you see, like, you talk about like you know iconic botches, like that. It's there in that match. Like, yeah, it happens like three times where Shane hits his head on the floor. You can Ooh. hear the thud like the first time, the boom. concrete as well. Yeah. yeah. Throws him like belly to belly over the uh, overhead belly to belly suplex. Then he tries to do it twice behind the thing, and Shane just kept doing it. And I think it was Kurt who said the uh, who said um, and Shane kept pushing. Shane kept pushing Kurt to do it. Like he was messing with him, he was motherfuckering him, and he was calling him a pussy. He's like, oh come on, you pussy, you can throw me through that. Come on, you just threw me through the other one. And then after like the second. Uh, uh, belly to belly suplex didn't work. He just, yeah, remember he just throws him to the glass, and Shane's all bloody. It's just like, oh man, yeah. it was so brutal. But it was just, yeah, but man, it was I'll, so I'll, good. I'll, I'll take the piss out of Shane's character all the time, but the guy's tough, and certainly, is oh a yeah, tough, tough bastard. I mean, when he's not on on SmackDown and Raw every week, trying to make it all about him, you know, yeah. and ma- it's that is, you got to give Shane credit where credit's due. The guy's insane, and he'll jump off of anything. He'll he'll be thrown mm-hmm. through anything, and going in there with a the guy like Angle just, I mean, you got to give him props where props is due. You know? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, I'll ask. I guess I'll ask you this: as we're talking about Angle's matches, um, what what's your personal favorite Kurt Angle match? Um, I couldn't say just one. I couldn't. Um, like. It's probably the matches we've mentioned, to be honest. Like um, versus Brock at SummerSlam, versus Eddie at WrestleMania, um, yeah, versus Shane. Um, like personal favorite of mine is one he did against my coach uh, Joe Hendry at WCPW, and he's kind of Joe Hendry's your career. coach. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! I didn't know that. Oh, there you go. Dro- dropped a bomb there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Joe Hendry's wrestling school, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that match you had with Joe Hendry was just absolutely incredible. And, and I think it's either defiant or WCPW, whatever they were called at that time. I was going to say, like, uh, that was like a WCPW thing. Right? I remember seeing that. 
Yeah. Like, di- didn't didn't Hendry like d- didn't he like give him a low blow after the match or something? Yeah. Um. I think that that was in the lead up to it. I think that was um one of the um kind of things leading up to it. And then after the match, it was just respect, respect, respect. You know. So, um. But yeah, that's an incredible, incredible match. And uh, yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe says, and he says he's got YouTube videos on and everything else as well. But you know, he says does that he learned so much from wrestling Kurt Angle. Like probably learned more from wrestling Kurt Angle than a lot of other people. You know. So um, yeah, it just shows even even in the latter part of his career, you know, Kurt Angle was um. You know, just uh, incredible. You know, I mean, there's a thing where a lot of people say like his um, his TNA stuff is better than his WWE stuff. Get into that real quickly. Um, I if I have to pick one, uh, I, I'm with you. There's so many angle matches that I just can't. I can't just pick one. But I'd, I'd have the Michaels match Mania 21, Eddie Mania 20, um, the Shane uh, King of the Ring. Yep, and. Um, I'll go with the uh, the Lesnar uh, match at Mania 19. Just some of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Um, and uh, Benoit at uh, Royal Rumble 03. Real quickly with that one. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, that, that's, that match actually amazed me. Like, just with... Uh... Just with how he, that's one of the matches where Kurt just displays how quick he is uh, in the amateur mm-hmm. wrestling kind of sense, like because uh, they've done some chain wrestling at the start and just angles so fast, like just transitioning in between holds. It's it's incredible. Uh, you can tell why why we won the gold medal. You know, Benoit. Uh, he has said that no one ever matched his intensity as hard as uh, as Benoit ever did. Like he was yeah. like the guy like. You know, he, where I think Angle was probably said probably he had the best chemistry with. Uh, mm. It's because I don't know if Benoit ever had any uh, amateur wrestling background, but if he didn't, he really adapted well to it to Kurt's style. There's even like a, it's not like an amazing match, but they had a pretty good match at uh, Mania X Seven. Uh, I think they were, I don't know if they were feuding oh, for yeah. a title or if it's just a just a, they were just in a feud at the moment. Like that was a pretty yeah. pretty good match too. It, it felt like an actual uh, mat wrestling match, like like an amateur wrestling match. Didn't feel like a pro wrestling yeah. match. They just yeah, did exactly. holds on each other the whole time until I think one of them hit a strike. I'm, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that pay-per-view. But um, I guess yeah, we... C- that's one of the testaments to that pay-per-view as well because it's uh, just every match was different. And then that, that was obviously... like Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit was different from any other match in that card. Um, and just, uh, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Um, they, they had great chemistry, yeah. For sure. I guess we'll go into a little bit of his TNA uh, career. We'll try and do our best with this because this is not something Bryce and I are too familiar with. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about some of uh, some of the things he's done. Uh, we'll one, of the mo- yeah, we'll one of the most notable things that he did was uh, Main Event Mafia, one of the biggest mm-hmm. uh, heel stables in TNA's history. Um, you know, with him, I believe it was uh, him, Booker T, Sting. Um, Scott Steiner, as we all know, that famous uh, interview segment where he's just making fun of Samoa Joe, going, he's fat! Uh, Christian Cage, (laughs) Christian Cage then at some point. Uh, Sting was the uh, second leader, it says here on Wikipedia. Uh, Christian Cage, um, one of my favorite wrestlers, very uh, underrated in my opinion. Uh, Damn near cried when he came back to the Rumble. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, there was... um, I just remember... Angle, because I had seen clips here and there. I remember Angle being in a suit. All, all of them just wore suits. Like Sting, I think the first iteration of uh, Main Event Mafia, Sting didn't wear the makeup. He properly turned yeah. heel. Uh, I think Booker T had just came in not too long. Uh, he had just left WWE not too long after this. 
and Scott, Scott Steiner was Scott Steiner. Yeah. Scott Scott Steiner cut. <laughs> I, I believe at this point did was it the the famous you know uh, famous math promo that he cut at this point. I'm not. I'm not sure because uh, the one line I remember that from that promo is um, you know, and then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, and then your odds are winning drastically go down. So he was wrestling Kurt Angle at that point. So I'm not sure if that was around the same time, but I uh, think I know what it was. Yeah. It was um, he was cutting the promo in Samoa Joe, and it was like a triple threat match for the world title. Well, I don't know if it was Angle was a champion or Joe was a champion, but it was just like right. yeah, that's one of the famous most confusing, hilarious promos in wrestling history. Um, Best promo of all time. I accept no arguments. Better than the the Pipe Bomb promo. Better than CM Punk. Yep. Yeah, the Pipe Bomb promo wishes it could be the mass promo. It really could. Um, But um, I was going through some of his TNA stuff in the past couple of days, and one of my favorite matches, and which is with one of my favorite wrestlers from that era, was uh, Samoa Joe... At um, I'm blanking on the pay per view. Was it sacrifice? I mean, someone will probably Ooh, sacrifice sounds about right. And to be honest, like all of the teeny pay per views kind of like blended into one for me, like lockdown, like no surrender, bloody bound for glory, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, let's say sacrifice. Yeah. Okay, so this and at the time, I believe this was the highest buy rate pay per view because the main event was Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe, and Joe was on a year and a half winning streak. And he's facing, Ooh. you know, arguably the best wrestler in the world, the best wrestler in the company. You could argue because I mean TNA's roster at that to- uh, at that point was so stacked, and yeah. it was a really great, really fun match. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you? Yeah, I've, I've seen that match. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, just uh, I think I think that was Kurt's first match in TNA as well, wasn't it? That I'm not sure to be honest. I, that I don't know. All right. I, um, I, think, I, I think it was. I, I do remember Kurt came in and the first person he went for was Samoa Joe. But no, just an absolutely incredible match. All, all the matches I had were great. Um, but yeah, just uh, I remember that one fondly in the in the six sided ring and just uh, yeah, just seeing Kurt Angle outside of WWE for the first time was just really really cool. And um, yeah, he, he didn't slow down when he went to TNA. Um, no, sure. he just kept going, and that's 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 a big thing. We kind of skipped over his ECW run, but that was. I mean, I don't want to say forgettable. Yeah, cup of coffee. Yeah. It was just, it was just in and out, and I think that was kind of WB's way to. Cause I think they kind of knew Angle was on his way out, and they kind of wanted to entice him, like, hey, because they they definitely wanted to revolve the the new ECW brand around Kurt Angle, and if that yeah. could have been done, maybe it would have saved ECW. Maybe it would have Angle would have stayed. Who knows? Only, only you know, yeah. you know, only the Making Kayfabe po- co- podcast could probably figure that out. Um, <laughs> um, but it was um, you know he was in ECW for a minute and he really just went on a tear you know he was wrestling guys like Samoa Joe Christopher Daniels AJ Styles you know TNA had a really big uh, prospect of guys who we now all see are veterans in the business today um, hmm. do, do you have a favorite uh, TNA match with Kurt Angle I mean, it might, it might actually be the Samoa Joe match. And there's, not, there's not a whole lot I saw, to be honest. Um, you know, it's, it's Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, he had a good match with. Uh, I can't remember when, um, but there was one that sticks out in my mind. Um, oh, God. Um, yeah, not, probably Samoa Joe, I would say. The first match with Samoa Joe was the greatest one. I love that one. Uh, there was one that they had, uh, Angle and Styles, that is, for the TNA Heavyweight Championship. Um and it's when Styles turned heel at the end. 
Uh, this was mm. uh, Genesis, I think it's called. This is 2010. This is back when TNA was trying to go head-to-head with WWE. They were going to arenas, and that's when business really started going bad for them. Um, but at this point, like, yeah, Styles turned heel. Ric Flair was his manager. That was a really good match, and I watched another one where it was a Slammiversary pay-per-view. Um, uh, the Aces and Eights were uh, were taking over. Bully Ray was the champion. Taz had kind of just revealed that he was a member, and they tried recruiting Styles, but Styles declined. Hmm. Um but yeah, he he just again. You look at the 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 people he's wrestled over the years. Again, guys like Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Brock Lesnar, The Rock, and then moving on to guys like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, um, and uh, and other guys. I'm forgetting at the moment. But mm. you you could argue him being the best ever. Just with the repertoire yeah. of work that he has, he's he's certainly up there. Um, you know, I, I I would probably call him the best ever, to be honest. Um, I can't think of anyone. You know, obviously your Shawn Michaels, your your um, uh, Ric Flair's, your Akadas, your Omegas, like Tanahashi. But yeah, who who's on? No, I was just gonna. I was just a uh, Chris Jericho. You can argue him too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Chris Jericho's up there as well. Like just um, yeah, just so many, but. Yeah, if you're speaking of the if you're speaking of the greatest ever, Kurt Angle is always in the conversation for me. Angle's for me, he's like for sure top five. Mm. Like I'm, I'm always, ro- yeah. I'm always rotating like my greatest ever, but Angle is always like, he's always in my top five, just yeah. just just because of how damn good he he was. Um, and then he went a bit of bit of an indie tear uh, after he had left TNA. Um, we you had mentioned before he faced your trainer Joe Hendry at a WCPW or Defiance whatever the they changed their name to. Um, yeah. I remember we briefly touched upon that, but uh, I know he also wrestled Cody Rhodes not too long after Cody had left WWE. You ever seen that match? Uh, I have not actually. Um, Kurt, Kurt Angle, yeah. Kurt and Cody. It was a really yeah. good match. Like this, this is. I think this is before Cody joined Bullet Club and everything. Like it was a really. Mm. They actually had a series of matches. Um, I know it was um, the the first one they had. I think might have been in somewhere in the UK. I'm not exactly sure. Um, mm. I just remember. I think it sounds like a WCBW thing because like at, at that time they were bringing in a lot of big stars and they had like um, it they had might Angle, have been. They had, Rhodes, Del Rio, they had Swagger, like they had um, a lot, a lot of big names coming down. So, um, so that that would um, that would make sense. But yeah, um, I, I can imagine they would have good matches. And then during his UK run, he came down to Scotland as well, and he wrestled to ICW Fear and Loathing, uh, which is kind of their their biggest show of the year in Glasgow. Uh, he faced uh, Joe Coffey, uh, who is now um, you know in NXT NXT UK, I believe. And um, yeah, just another great match. It's the only Kurt Angle match I've been in attendance for, and um, yeah, just loved it. Like front row, like happy to see you know my favorite wrestler of all time. You know, I mean that's good for you. Uh, I remember you briefly yeah. talked upon that that uh, that show. I remember you said uh, Drew uh, Ga- then Galloway was on the show. The, the Dudleys were there. Yes. It's not. Yes. I mean, that's always been like a bucket list thing for me. Like I want to go to. I want. I've always wanted to go to like PWG, ICW, uh, a wrestling show in Chicago. I have so many bucket list stuff when it comes to when it comes to just wrestling. Hopefully, when the world go back goes back to normal, we can enjoy those things again. Yeah, I mean, just, definitely. I, just, I miss live wrestling. It's uh, never, never take it for granted again. No, me neither, dude. I was, um, I was driving home the other day. I work in the city, and I'm trying to get to the Lincoln Tunnel, uh, to get back to Jersey. And 
I'm passing by Madison Square Garden, and I just mm. got immediately depressed because I've been to so many house sh- um, house shows in the Garden. Like a a, th- a thing I highly recommend to anybody who hasn't done it. If you if, whether you if you're not from New York or New Jersey area, go to a WWE house show in the Garden. They are so much fun. Like. Two two times I've been I've been there. There was there was a U.S. title change. I was there for the one with AJ when he beat Kevin Owens, and then I was there for the one when Andrade beat Rey Mysterio. They're just nice. so much fun. You never know what's going to happen. Other house shows may not be the best, but they always give a little extra for the guard. They're so much fun, and I immediately got depressed. I'm just like, when yeah. when WWE announce a house show in the Garden, I'm going. I just I don't even care what the card is. I'm just going. Yeah, um, definitely. It's a, it's a, it's like the most kind of like prestigious kind of like arena in the whole US, isn't it? Like it's a, it's one I was here. Yeah. I mentioned you know I don't don't know too many, but if you asked me to name a stadium in the in the US, I would immediately say Madison Square Garden. You know. Yeah, it's just a shame that they don't do too many uh, too many live like televised shows there. But yeah. I guess moving on, we can get to how Angle returned to the WWE. Um, mm. I remember watching a Monday Night Raw. And they had announced who the first inductee to the 2000 Hall of Fame would be, and that is the man we're talking about, Kurt Angle. Do you remember the uh, when that happened? I vaguely remember. I remember the speech um, where he kind of uh, did his old old routine with a cowboy hat, and they kind of uh, done the down the pints of milk and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't I don't specifically remember him Kim coming back. Um, weirdly enough, even though it was only like a few years ago, but yeah, maybe you can remind me. Well, when he when they announced that he was coming back, it was for the Hall of Fame, and I remember him saying in the Jericho podcast that he briefly, I think he had spoke to uh, Triple H, uh, and he's like, you know, Hunter, I'm like, um, I mean, I hope you don't realize I have no intention of t- retiring at the moment. I, I want to wrestle. He's like, oh yeah, you are. He's like, this doesn't mean you're retired. That you're retired. Um, hmm. So, and then at this point, after Mania 33, he became the Raw general manager. And I remember a segment, and this made me hopeful for Angle coming in, um, when Enzo and Cass came up to them saying they wanted a Raw tag team title shot. And, you know, Angle was getting with uh, Enzo and Big Cass, and he's liking their whole thing. And um, he's like, because we're going to show all those guys out there that the S-A-W-F-T have to do their whole their whole shtick and then Kurt's smiling and they leave the room and Kurt's just like that's not how you spell soft I'm like <laughs> yes that is that is pure comedy Kurt Angle yeah. right there that's Kurt yeah <laughs> and then we didn't get that <laughs> for like the rest of his run we didn't see yeah. like any comedy from Kurt I mean, not not intentional comedy. I mean, I, I still I still remember him coming down to the ring with the shield. Uh, he, he was replacing Roman Reigns, and he's wearing the yeah. shield here. And you've got like uh, you know, you got Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose like looking proper badass as they come down to the ring, and then Kurt's just like smiling. he just he, <laughs> he just looks he just looks like their <laughs> he just looks like their dad, like dad, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's the dad taking their like I've seen the meme where it's like. When you when your dad uh, when you take your dad to a metal show or to a wrestling show and he knows nothing <laughs> and he knows nothing about the music or the wrestling it's like it's they, they use the Ambrose Rollins Kurt Angle thing, I mean they did the best <laughs> they did the best they could with that match you know that was that yeah. was a, an insane gimmick match it was supposed to be what the Shield against Miz uh Cesar, the Bar and Kane and Braun I'm reading on Wikipedia yeah Miz Braun Strowman Kane Cesaro and Sheamus a five on three TLC match. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? 
And I remember, like, for some strange reason, everybody who was on Strowman's side turned on him. And then uh, really? they, they they put him in like a they put him in a in a, a dumpster truck and then like a week later, Braun Strowman's driving the dumpster truck that he was crushed in. It's like is no one gonna question why Braun Strowman's alive? <laughs> it was. <laughs> is, is it is, is, did did Ben Trussell have a hand in this? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> you could argue. Um, Sounds suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think the and. This is probably the best match he had returning to WWE. I mean, considering he didn't have that many when he returned. Uh, he was a part of the build-up to Ronda Rousey's first match at WrestleMania 34, yes. teaming with her against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Incredible match, yeah. I was thoroughly impressed by that. This was probably like the best sports entertainment-esque WWE match yeah. um, that I had seen in a long time. Back when, like, you know, they really get you with, like, the all the bells and whistles and stuff. Like, I think of stuff yeah. like like when Mankind won the title on Raw. I think of stuff like that when I saw this match. Yeah, and, I, I was very sports entertained when I, when, I, when I watched it. And the crowd was just so hot for it that it really kind of drained every other match that happened. I mean, you had fucking Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles in that match, and the crowd just uh, just couldn't get behind it. And I also think because of the how they told him to wrestle too. Like, you know, it's like, mm. hey, you know that great match you had in Japan? Well, cut it down to like a third of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> fucking telling the two of the best wrestlers in the world to like not do yeah. their thing. Anyway, but that match with Angle and, and, and Rousey, you know, it was really, really fun. You know, um, if I remember correctly, I mean, did, was, did Angle like get his hand? I think it was like, so I think Angle was gonna like get his hands on Stephanie or something, and Triple H comes in, and then and then Ronda actually gets her hands on Triple H and like throws yes. him. Oh man! Like did Dylan and I were speaking about this um, quite recently, actually. But yeah, it's um, Triple H sees Ronda the other side of the ring, and he's trying to do the whole like I, I can take you, I, I can spar with you, and like, yeah. you know, like um, you know, cracks his knuckles and stuff. And then Ronda Rousey just like pummels him out of the corner, and just like it's uh, the fastest strikes. And Triple H is like shit, 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 shit. You know? Yeah, he's realized. <laughs> oh, oh no, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so good, so good. It was a lot of fun, and um, I mean, unfortunately, again, that was like one of the few matches we saw with Kurt towards his end of his WWE run. And then he just apparently went into a few with Baron Corbin that just never seemed to end. I mean, I was there for the following mania for the Corbin match. I was just like, oh, man. And also, it was my first time seeing Kurt Angle wrestle. Against Baron. I know. Against Baron Corbin. Oh, Christ. (laughs) I was, that is the worst thing that's ever happened in Angle's career. I think like that that match with Corbin. Why? God, like, I, I'm not particularly against Baron Corbin, but like, just why Baron Corbin and why not your your Daniel Bryan's or your Chad Gables or you know somebody who Kurt can put over and it actually means something because it's a smaller guy, you know? Um, I just yeah, it was just so wrong and like. Uh, yeah, I remember watching it live here in the UK and just after a few beers and being very, very just, just fucking hell, you know, why, why did that finish happen, you know, but it's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame that went down it went like it, it is a shame, man, but I, I, when I think about 
Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle. Like, why did it have to be yes. Baron Corbin? Why, oh, why did it have to be Baron Corbin? It was, <laughs> like, I mean, he, Angle was kind of having, like, a greatest hits on his way out. He did, I remember he did actually put over Drew really strong at a episode of yes. Raw, I think, when it was in London. Um, yeah, it was, it was doing them. He was doing random kind of matches on Raw as well, I think, and the lead up to his kind of retirement. I think it was like Apollo Crews and maybe Samoa Joe he wrestled. And then he like did, yeah. other guys like randomly on Raw. Yeah, and uh, I know Chad Gable, um, uh, he showed up to wrestle AJ, but then that ended like a no, no contest or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I- I'm just thinking to myself, like, wh- why... You're gonna have you have all these amazing wrestlers you're gonna have him face and you and you choose Baron Corbin. Yeah. I just like I've I've hated on Corbin before just because of like the the whole go away heat thing. But he plays yeah. his his role well really well as a heel. Um yeah. so I give him credit for that. The guy knows his job, he knows what he's here to do. Um but but for like we've been talking, man, like a career like Kurt Angle, he deserves so much more. Yeah. Like, absolutely, I would not argue at all that he should have won his final match, that he should be putting somebody over, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's what he wanted to do. Baron Corbin? Yeah. I know. <laughs> and even, like, that mania, too, it's just like, you know, he got on the mic, and he's like, thank you all so much. You guys have, have been giving me so much over the years. I love you all. Thank you. You're the best fans in the world. And he's like, well, I want to hear it one more time, loud and proud. Mm. Let's hit my music, and then we're all just going, you suck. And, and that was a nice little feel-good moment after the match, but it's just like I, I would have put him – for me, I was lobbying for like Chad Gable to be in there. Uh, Daniel yeah. – I mean, Brian was the champion, so we couldn't really do Brian. Um Oh, he was with Kofi, right? Yeah. So Chad, Chad yeah. Gable would have been the perfect opponent. Like, just, or even, it would have, what, what, what did winning do for Baron Corbin? Fuck all. Uh, like, absolutely or, fuck all. Or like, even John Cena. Like, John Cena, yeah. it was a fun moment that he showed up as a Dr. Thugonomics and interrupted Elias. That was cool. Yeah. But I look back on it now, I'm just like, having Cena be the one, like, because Cena was his first match in the main roster. It would have been really That's poetic right. and fitting if Cena was the one to be Kurt's last match, you know? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. it was. It, I mean, it's a bit of a downer, but talking about all this in the past hour we've been doing, like, it just made me remember just how great he was. Over the years, you know, he was my he, he was certain points he was my favorite wrestler, and then he was my most hated wrestler. Like he just played every role so perfectly, you know. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Yeah, just uh, just there. Uh, it's just crazy to think that he never had any intention of being a pro wrestler. Like he was not a pro wrestling fan at all, and just like the ease at which he picked it all up and became one of the greatest of all time and, and record time is just uh, absolutely insane. And he genuinely, yeah, he's, he's one of the best ever for just putting on great matches, for being entertaining, like in whatever character he played. And just, um, yeah, just what, what a fucking wrestler. Like, what a guy. One of the best ever. Um, I guess if you could have had... Um, I think you pick. You probably would have went with like Chad Gable as his last opponent, probably. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think that would be ideal. Yeah, because um, it would have it would done something for Gable because Gable's basically the next Karango anyway. At yeah. that point, it had the whole kind of um, geeky kind of gimmick, but you know he's got the legit yeah. background, so um, it would have been absolutely perfect for Chad Gable to win that, and then for him to go on his own solo run as as Karango Part Two. You know, um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, what what about you? Who would you choose? I probably would have went with Gable, Cena. Mm. Um, but if if Brian wasn't the champion, if he wasn't doing one of the best works of his career, I probably would have cho- chosen Daniel Bryan because yeah. that's that would just, just that's one of like my all time favorite dream matches that we that I we just never got to see. You know, I, yeah. I probably probably would have picked like someone like Brian. Yeah, even, we saw even AJ. It's, it's really frustrating because we saw Kurt Angle and Daniel Bryan for like a minute at the Royal Rumble that year, if I remember right. And I was watching that. I was like, yes, they're going to wrestle each other. Yeah. And then they didn't. And then it's yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's a shame. It's a real shame. I don't know, man. But overall, we, we may have not been able to get what we wanted as far as like the the guys that we love today facing Kurt Angle. But we have this amazing historic career, which we couldn't even get into everything of just how much he's done. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you wanted him to face AJ Styles and Samoa and Joe WWE, I mean, if you don't like those matches, go watch them in TNA because at least they're yeah. there you know we can be upset about the you know him not wrestling daniel bryan we can but he's wrestled samoa joe he's wrestled aj styles and yeah the the guy while it may have not ended the way we would have liked it to the story of it is just an absolute amazing journey and like you said a guy who had no intentions whatsoever to be a pro wrestler yeah i think on that though no uh yeah on that note <laughs> I think we'll kind of wrap things up. Uh, Bryce, for those who have not heard you before on this podcast, please tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and what you want people to know. Yeah, I'm Bryce. I'm from the Making Cafe podcast. Uh, we we are two writers, and what we do is we, we take wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and we make them better. We re- rewrite them to make them better. So, I mean, you could go back and look at, for example, NWO's WWE run in 2002. You could go back and look at Sean O'Hare's run in WWE. You know, the guy had a lot of potential. It didn't really work out. Um, you know, just loads and loads and loads. Like uh, the most recent episode um, that will be out at the moment, I, I believe when this is released, will be the Shayna Baszler episode. Uh, again, just rebooking Shayna Baszler, um, you know, in WWE. But that, that's what we do. We, we, we rewrite wrestling storylines to make them better and um yeah you can find us at making kayfabe on twitter you can um that's pretty much it it's just just at making kayfabe on twitter and any, any podcast app obviously search making kayfabe you can find our stuff we'd love to love to have you as a listener what about your shirts what about our shirts yeah you can you can buy our shirts uh, at making kayfabe.redbubble.com uh so it's free awesome just awesome designs on there um which uh yeah you're more than welcome to go go and uh Go, go and look at but they they actually do make you um a lot sexier um you know we've, we've done the research and i think it's like at least 60 percent sexier when you're wearing a making kp t-shirt so for all you single all you single guys out there you know that's the best way to impress the ladies i'm making kfabe t-shirt at making kfabe.redbubble.com well i'm going to suggest that to all of my single friends or all my friends who are on dry spells <laughs> Definitely go look at that. I just want to say that was totally improvised as well. I was actually proud of myself for that. (laughs) Excellent, excellent job. I'm looking forward to the Shayna Baszler episode. Uh, Again, go follow um, the guys, Bryce and Dylan, his co-host, over at makingkfabe.redbubble.com to follow his T-shirts, Twitter, 
uh, just about anywhere you can find them on any podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all that. And please be sure you're following us at TNAWP and liking us uh, on Facebook, following us on Instagram, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. You can follow me, if you like, on Twitter at CJ underscore 1214, on Instagram at CJ underscore 1293. And again, hope you all enjoyed this uh, this episode. Please be sure to be following the guys that are making kayfabe. I've been CJ. And for Bryce and myself, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening.